Good, how you doing? Good morning. Good morning. You know I'm nervous right now. Why are you nervous? Because I'm nervous to work with someone like super big. Oh shit. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't be nervous. So look, I um I started doing a podcast with last damn time fly last year. Mm-hmm. I got I got pulled into it through um this dad that we coach our kids, whatever. So we started this Iron Horse football, this program, whatever. But anyway, he pulled me into it, and man, mm-hmm. I thought I was, you know, I'm cool with talking to people. Man, I was in that thing nervous. I was like, bro, you gotta. He pretty much carried us with the conversation and interviewing and stuff. I was like, this is crazy. So I'll be nervous. Yeah. All right, <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. And just to let you know, this is my season finale episode, and I just want to thank you for joining me today. Dang, for real? Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. So tell me about yourself. Oh man, where do I start? Um oh, this this quick 35 years of living. I'm from uh Flint, Michigan. I grew up um idolizing the Flintstones. The guys went to Michigan State, played basketball, won a couple of national championships. So my first love is basketball. I grew up um playing for my church league basketball at the age of five years old. By the age of seven or eight, I went to my first national basketball tournament in Florida. And by nine, my dad was, he was my coach. So my dad coached me from nine to 17 playing uh, AAU basketball. And my mom was a teacher. Wow. Uh, She taught for 33 years in the Flint public school system. And she was one of three teachers. Her two sisters that was older than her that moved to Michigan, they taught as well. So my life was uh, sports and books and I couldn't run from anything. Right. So (laughs) I had the the best of both worlds. Right. So, um, I grew up in Flint, Michigan, playing basketball. I was the little kid on the court with the goggles, the big head with the goggles. But I give you buckets. <laughs> I give you buckets, and I drop dimes, so I could play pretty good. Um, I got to high school, and we we went to state championship back to back years, sophomore or junior and senior year, but we didn't win it, so that was tough. But on the football uh-huh. side, um, my interest in football came in like the fourth grade. That was my first time playing organized football. Uh, one of my friends. His dad um, started our first GFL or Pop Warner Football League in our in our county, so that was pretty big. We had four teams, <laughs> um, wow. and pretty. I'd, I'd have four teams, and it was three years that I was playing. Two of us went to the NFL, so that was you know, job well done by Mr. Baysmore. Yeah. Um, so let's see. I played football. I started fourth grade. By sixth grade, I was pretty decent, um, and then back to seventh grade, I was on the bench. Um, wow. We had like a lightweight and heavyweight. If you were under hundred. Under 135 pounds, you would play lightweight, and I was every bit of probably 85 pounds. Um, so I was at the bench, but by my my eighth grade year, I figured it out. Uh, I was going to play quarterback. My brother was a quarterback uh, for the JV, uh, JV varsity, and we ran the option offense. So it was pretty complicated, but I was around it so much. I'm like, man, I can do this. So uh, my brother had success at the varsity level, and I did my thing in the eighth grade. We went undefeated. Um, our defense only got scored on one time and we, we cried like babies. <laughs> so that was like kind of, you know, foreshadowing of what the future will hold. And we get to high school and, uh, you know, I'm trying to find my way. I'm just a little little guy out there being quarterback, not playing DB yet, uh, playing basketball. You know, that was my, my main sport still. Um, but by 11th grade, you know, I think I had enough of going to tournaments with my dad and seeing all these six three, six four point guards jumping, dunking. I'm just barely smacking glass. I'm like, man, I got to make a decision. I remember going on my brother's uh, his college recruiting visits, 
and just seeing how the scouts were kind of drooling over him, just being six foot long arms. I'm like, damn, six foot? That's, that's <laughs> so I just got to thinking, I'm like, man, okay, my brother's six foot. He played quarterback, but he went to school for DB. I just kind of heard his stories and, you know, the black quarterback and all that stuff. So I was like, do I want to do this? I'm like, no, nah, not really. So I had to talk with my dad. I'm like, dad, I'm not, I don't think I'm going to do this basketball thing. Uh, I think at some point, I'm gonna, you know, I'm going to reach my and, – and I just want to work on football. So mm-hmm. I did I did something, man. I went and recruited uh, my other guard for my basketball team, my AAU team, to transfer to my school. So <laughs> we'll talk about it now. But he transferred over to play quarterback, and that's when I started playing DB in 11th grade, and the rest was history. Um, ended up, you know, having pretty good success in high school. Went to Grand Valley State. I was pissed off about that because I wanted to go to Michigan <laughs> State and all these big schools, right? So I was – I was really, you know, ticked off, and I went to school with a chip on my shoulder. Uh, you know, D2, they signed about 40 guys. They bring about 40 guys into camp. So it was about 40 freshmen in there. I'm looking to my left and right, seeing some of these guys, you know, won some state championships, all this other stuff. But I'm like, man, hey, I, I had a good offseason. I went from 170 to 192 in the offseason. Got my speed down. I just went to work. And then I went to that camp, man, with a, with a mindset, I'm going to come as a true freshman. Mm-hmm. I don't care if nobody said I'm going to play. I'm going to figure this thing out. And. You know, it didn't quite work that way, but with injuries and the next man up mentality and just always being prepared, uh, one guy went down, another guy got killed up the team, another guy wasn't ready, and sure enough, it was to the to the freshman from Flint, Michigan, and uh, from my freshman year on, man, I just put my head down and grind because I, you know, I had big dreams to make it to the NFL, and I just right. had to you know, put my put my head down and grind for it, and looked up four years later, and. Uh, Shoot, I was going on visits my dang self, talking to NFL coaches and GMs, and my journey was going, was going to continue or begin. So that's kind of my my uh, short rundown to get to college. Okay, so you said that you wanted to go to Michigan State, right? Yeah. Why were you mad that you didn't go? Man, I was – I feel like my recruiting you, – you see guys talk about their recruiting trips and their recruiting experience. Mm-hmm. I just sit back and laugh like, man, I didn't have none of that. I didn't get to go on. I think my official visit, I went to Wayne State, which is another D2 in Detroit. And okay, that was the only time I spent the night. Only time I got like, a, you know, I got a meal. The guy took us out. So that was like my only real official visit, mm-hmm. you know, like, like a Division One visit. And I mean, Michigan State was my school. Ever since I was a, a young boy picking, you know, picking my favorite school, I always rode Michigan State or Florida State. Okay. And, so I just, you know, I was like, man, I'm gonna I'm go here play corner. I mean, I had my whole my whole rundown, I had the whole dream laid out for myself. And you know, when they didn't recruit me as highly or as heavily, maybe because of speed, um, mm-hmm. you know, Detroit guys get the favor up most times. So <laughs> and then some, <laughs> Juco, some Juco guys in the mix. So whatever the case was, you know, it didn't work out. But as I look back, I'm like, man, that's probably that's probably the best thing that probably could happen at that point. Just it just allowed me just to you know, get on my grind even more and just kind of, you know, show what hard work and, you know, dedication can do for you. All right. How would you alter D1 and D2 recruiting? How would I alter it? Yeah. Like, how would I change it? Yes. <laughs> uh, I mean, sure. Give us, I mean, it's, it's a money thing, right? They got they got more resources, more, more money, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm. I mean, I don't know. I don't think I would really alter. I, I kind of like it the way it is. I mean, it's just different. It's just different people. I look at when I look at Division Two, II, Division One guys. Not to be biased, but D two guys, we got a little chip on our shoulder because we didn't get the 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 red carpet and all that stuff rolled out to us. Uh, how would I alter it? 
I probably get a boy some more, a little bit more money on that D two level, man. So you know, I don't have to go through my first three years on tuition and then tuition and books and then ask for a couple more dollars. <laughs> yeah, that was tough. So you got drafted in 2008 by Kansas City. What was your career like during that time? Man, um, people always ask me, you know, what was the my favorite stop? And I mean, all of them were my favorite. They just served me for different times of my life. Kansas City was great as a rookie, in my opinion, because it was a smaller market. Um, The city wasn't, you know, as fast. Pace mm-hmm. is like uh, Atlanta or Dallas or, you know, going out of Miami or something. So I could really, you know, focus and hone in on my craft. And the city just, it was small enough where we were, we were still a, a team. We still had like that, that high school, college bond, even though we had, what, 12 guys getting drafted in my class. So we had 12 rookies. So that's all we knew was just to hang out with each other. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until I got to, you know, to, to Dallas. I'm like, okay, guys got the entourages and stuff. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> But back then, yeah, man, it was just a good atmosphere for us young boys. We didn't know we we didn't know what we had until it was gone. We had Herm Edwards our first year, and man, he was a talk about a player's coach. Man, he took care of us, but he just made sure that we took care of ourselves. You know, he wasn't gonna be our dad or just over top of us, overbearing. He just, you know, you're a pro, take care of yourself, do what you're supposed to do, um, be moderate on things, and and you know, stay away from other stuff. So he was in that aspect. I'm like, man, he was good, and then he got fired after my first year so that was really that was really my first time so that's crazy that was my first time um having to go through a coaching change ever in life wow i never i never transferred schools i never switched uh like aau teams i never i played on my same football team so like that was my first time getting like some some adversity that i couldn't control from a coaching staff and that was tough and that's when um Ty Haley came in my second year and uh, Scott Pioli and they came in and shook things up like none other. Um, I feel like that was my last time playing video games. I always tell people, I said 2009 was my last time, like really getting on the sticks and playing after practice and then the summertime because Ty Haley came in and just really, he wore us out, man. He wore us out in a good and a bad way, but, you know, I was just blessed to be able to be able to overcome, like, you know, just another coach and figure it out. Um, so Ty Haley came my second year, um, and then by year, I say year three, we got Eric Berry and Kendrick Lewis and Javier Arenas come uh, for our secondary. So that was a big upgrade for us with some rookies. They brought a lot of just young leadership, this young determination, and just a little swag to us. Um, and by my third and fourth year, man, we finally got on Monday Night Football game, so that was pretty big for us. Uh, we, we finally turned our season around. We went two and 14 my first year, four and 12 my second year. I think we went like nine and seven my mm-hmm. third year, and then eight, eight my last year in Kansas City. So, uh, we got better as time went, and the city and the fans have always been that's probably the best fans I've I've been around, even though the Cowboys fans are everywhere. The yes. fans are they down, bro? They, they ride regardless, and they rode from back in those two and 14 days and them boys win the Super Bowl. So that's, that's pretty dope. So, you know, my time about my time in Kansas city, sorry, was, it was pretty good. But by those four years, I was, uh, let's see, I was ready to experience the NFL, so to speak. So I was ready to, you know, test the waters. All right. Wow. That is super interesting. Okay. Just to throw this out there. I have a cousin that um, went to the NFL as well. 
Who's that? Roderick Hood. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. He played for Arizona, and then he played for the Eagles. And mm-hmm. then he went and played for the Titans. Yeah. Yep. I like mm-hmm. it. Nice. A nice journey. Yes. Tell me about your career when you were in Dallas. Oh, man. That's when it turned up. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, look, when I got before I got to Dallas, um, I had a tough time leaving Kansas City. We got to think. I told you my first time getting a coaching change was as a 21, 22-year-old man. Mm-hmm. I had to figure that piece out. I had to adapt to that. And then my first time, in my opinion, I was like, damn. They don't want me no more because they didn't, you know, they didn't sign me back. Um, they pretty much signed uh, Kansas City. Pretty much signed like Stanford route right in the midst of right before the um, free agency opened up. So I was like, damn, okay, I'm going. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> but it was like my first time, like rejection, right? Because yeah, you know, I've been playing with Brandon Flowers for four years now. He just got his deal uh, before the season. I kind of knew, like, I kind of knew my time was up. The money was gone, but you know, I'm just like, man, I'm gonna, you know, we're gonna ride this thing out and be one of the best cornerback tandems in the league for, you know, some years. And I cried like a baby um, when I, before I left, basically. I cried, I was on the phone with him, like, my last night out in town. <laughs> you know, I did all my goodbyes and stuff, but I cried like a baby, like, damn, this, you know, got rejected. But I was like, no, it's a business, my man. You got to look at it as another opportunity. And, you know, your second your second deal is that's the one boys go for, so. When I, when I tested the waters, I was like, oh, my God, there's some nice water out here. <laughs> so, uh, but going to Dallas, I prayed for, I said, I prayed for my sanity. <laughs> I prayed for a couple more things. This, this health and then there's like long longevity. And I say sanity and stuff because, like I said, I was, you know, I was yearning for like the real NFL experience. We heard all those stories from guys come from other ball clubs in the locker room and stuff about, you know, what when it was in New York and this and that. So I'm like, dang, that's how y'all do it? So, bam, I get to Dallas, and it's like nonstop. Get off the plane. I'm doing interviews. I'm doing press conference. I'm talking to this magazine. I'm talking to this newspaper, this outlet. I'm like, oh, my gosh. I ain't expect. I just thought I was going to come here and play some football, you know, get a commercial or two. <laughs> and, oh, this some work. So after my first week of just – signing i was like man i am tired and then um the good thing about dallas is this is my childhood team i always mm-hmm. grew up a cowboys fan. even though i was from from michigan i was never a detroit lions fan i just <laughs> never understand why my dad would you know every for like you know four or five seven ten years straight by halftime he you know he turned the tv off so i was like why do you do that to yourself but i was a big cowboys fan Troykman, emmett smith michael irvin um, on the playground, I was high stepping like Deion Sanders. So just to come here to, to kind of represent the star, defend the star was a was an honor. So I was excited, you know, like a kid in the candy store meeting or meeting my idol. Um, but I just I realized just the the platform when I got here, man. Like this Cowboys, we was on TV every single day. Every time I come home, I would turn my television on and we have a story breaking or a report about the Cowboys. And I was like, damn, you know, I come from Kansas City, we ain't. They talk about us twice a year. And I get to Dallas, and it's every single day. Um, but just being around, like, future Hall of Famers and, like, D-Ware and I uh, have Brian Waters come back, um, Witten, Romo, Miles Austin, uh, Sean Lee, just being around those guys um, was pretty good, man, just to see the the level, the 
the the level of like eliteness of mm-hmm. just being a, a true professional um just really um utilizing this platform to play this game but to also do things you know as far as their passion with their charities and foundations off the off the field i really learned a lot just being in dallas just watching the way that jerry uh moves and you know take takes pride in, in the star and his cowboys mm-hmm. uh, but man it was just an opportunity to come out here on the biggest platform and to really see what I was made of week in and week out. You know, we got 12 to 14 out of our 16 games on national TV primetime. So it ain't like we got just, you know, all noon games, nobody watching. It's like everybody's watching. You got the game of the week for the most part. Uh, so it was just exciting, man, just to be, you know, those quick those quick five years, man, it, it was a big rush of just uh, being a cowboy, but going out there and, you know, just perfecting my craft and trying to be as, as good as I could be out there on the field. And, you know, I had a, I had a great career here, man. It was – it was a good good stepping stone. We could have got us a, got us a bowl, um, but you know it was this was the the real NFL experience as far as on the field, off the field, and everything you could imagine as far as foundations and business wise. This is this is it, Cowboys. All right. Lastly, tell me about your time when you were playing for the Ravens. Man, so leaving out of uh, Dallas, man, I, I was kind of in limbo. I was debating on retiring um so that experience man I just kind of got beat down in Dallas I felt like we just you know the same the same things that make you laugh make you cry you know the same media outlets and and people that was bringing me in uh the most coveted free agent and this and that and the third now all of a sudden you know storylines change and it's do we need another cornerback and this guy out this or that so I'm just like damn you know this is funny how things change from year to year and uh you know, I just kind of have kind of had me as, at my first time, like kind of questioning myself, like, damn, can I play? Like, am I am I as bad as they say, or am I this or I'm that? And I just had to kind of refocus, man, and um, test the waters one more time. I was like, no, I'm not gonna go out like this. I can't, you know, even though this was my my baby, my my childhood dream, it didn't. Mm-hmm. I didn't get everything that I was dreaming, hoping for, right? But I'm like, hey, life goes on, and it is what it is. So. I was able to test the waters one more time. And this one, it was kind of, I was kind of scared this time. I ain't going to lie. I knew the first time I was scared on a different reason. This time I was kind of scared because I was here for five years. And I'm like, I got a lot of things established. I got my foundation. You know, I was into the school system. Um, mm-hmm. the public, Dallas ISD, down in South Dallas with the, with my babies. Uh, I was committed, you know, just committed to, to servicing and, and doing my part on and off the field. And I had my family started, you know, I had what? two kids by then or three kids by then and just getting settled I'm like damn I gotta go I gotta go but this time it's different because I had to go by myself right and that was kind of tricky because you know I've built my family this whole time but now my kids gotta stay in school you know stay there and you know take care of business at home so that was the the anxiety part that I got just you know damn I gotta be back on my own and how can I do this I'm so used to this routine boom uh, but going to Baltimore was probably the best thing I could have done. I signed without even going on a visit. I just said, I'm coming here because I took a, you know, I, I kind of went back in my memory. We played Baltimore the year before. I remember just a sideline. I was like, man, I, I like the aura. I like the vibe over there. I like the coaching staff. They seemed like they was pretty, pretty solid for football coaches. The ones, I mean, like a nice little unit over there. And I just kept it in my back pocket and, the Ravens have always been known for what? Defense. Defense, defense, defense. From the time they started the Ravens, Baltimore, 
to the time I got to NFL, it was always the Ravens defense. So I was like, man, that would be a great opportunity to, you know, kind of alter my writing, so to speak, mm-hmm. or just, you know, finish the way I want to finish is to go and play for the best defense that there is in football. And sure enough, I went there and kind of conversation was, man, I thought you was going to leave last year because, you know, the year before in Dallas, my fourth year, I could have, you know, not took a, took a pay cut, but it had, you know, let them release me and go test the waters for sure. But I was like, you know, I'm comfortable. I want to stay here, stay here with my family and da-da-da. So I'm going to stay my last year, like to finish mm-hmm. things out. Uh, but I went to Baltimore and the city reminded me of Flint, Michigan okay. in a way that it kind of got like my, I got, got my grittiness back, right? I got my, my antennas got back up because, you know, Dallas is a nice, a beautiful metropolitan city. A lot of hospitality, just, you know, cowboys. It's just nice out here, right? <laughs> I got to Baltimore, and it's like I'm in the bank for the first time. The, the teller, she chewing gum loud. I'm just like, damn, here, okay, I'm back. Okay. She asking me questions like, what you getting this money from? I'm just like, damn, you know. <laughs> but I'm like, all right, okay. I, I see where I'm at. You know, blue collar. Every, you know, we it's a good vibe. So that first year, man, um, actually my first two was – I kind of got back to my college days. It was I wasn't guilty of being at the facility until eight o'clock because there was nobody at home. Anyway, I could take care of my body. I can do everything I needed to do, both on and off the field. I had a lot of free time, uh, so I honestly think those first two years in Baltimore, man, that was my probably like my my better two years of my my thirteen year career. Um, Played like lights out football, but just the city was amazing. The organization from top to bottom is what you want from a football organization. They didn't get too big into the media. They always protected the players. Um, it was just all about football. Uh, Coach Harbaugh was amazing as far as just letting you be a man, just be who you are, just be a professional about it. Um, but he wasn't going to handcuff you and make us sound bad, but make us put the suits on and ties and this and that. He's like, man, just be professional. Look, represent our organization and your brand the way you want to represent it you know, with, with, with A1 mentality. So I thought that that was amazing. But just my the way I felt in the city, uh, not to mention D.C. was only an hour away. So that was, you know, I helped out a lot as well just to get out and be around, you know, our, our people and stuff. So it was it was an awesome, awesome three years. I wish it could have been more. And if I can go back, I probably would have did some things a little different and, and uh, you know, stayed or went back that way, mm-hmm. uh, you know, my, in my last year. But, you know, you live and you learn and you – I'm able to share these stories with my kids and if my son make it. I give him some advice on how to move uh, throughout the NFL. But man, that was a, it was a great three years. And like I say, every, every stop was, it was, it was, you know, right for my time in life. Kansas city was great because I was a baby. I couldn't, I could barely stand up. So that small town, slow vibe, country vibe was amazing for four years to figure out who I was. Dallas was the next stop. And that was great for me to play some amazing football for my team at the highest level, and also was able to start my foundation, uh, Car Cares with Childhood Literacy, which was amazing. And then Baltimore just kind of revitalized me and let me know that, you know, you, you still got some dog in you, and you, mm-hmm. you know, played a high level. And it was just re- refreshing and rewarding just to be around some different cats, man, that just, um, you know, different three different locker rooms, man. It's just, it was just amazing just to be around, and I sit back and just see all the individuals and the players and the people that I was able to um, come across and meet. So it was a, good, a great, great 13 years. Tell me about Cars Care Foundation. Mm-hmm. 
so Car Cares is um, I founded, I, I launched it in 2012. And I launched it because, like I said, I was intrigued. As I go warm up in all these uh, stadiums, I would see banners in the end zones of, you know, the players. This is somebody's uh, foundation. This is this co- charity corner. This is somebody's catch for kids or whatever, whatever. I'm like, damn, what is all this? And one of my teammates said, this is everybody's, you know, this philanthropy. I'm like, what is philanthropy? <laughs> no, this is this, <laughs> their service, what they do off the field. So I was like, oh, this is what my mom and dad was talking about, like, as far as, like, Brandon. Like find your niche. Like when you get a platform, use it in the, in the you know for whatever you have passion for. So I was like, oh okay. So I was like, what do I like to do? Um, I want to be a pediatrician. Growing up, I got to college in my first semester. I realized that I was gonna, <laughs> uh, that was going to be tough. So I had to you know had to reel it back in and make a you know another business decision. Um, and uh, so I'm like, okay. I, I like to be around kids. I light up because when I was in Kansas City, I was with Herm Edwards' wife, uh, Leah, and she had juvenile diabetes um, initiative that she was doing. I will always be with her. Uh, my first speech was to kids about healthy choices, and I was comparing putting sugar or water into your gas tank compared to gas was actually needed. So I was like, okay, that was pretty solid. So, okay, what, what can I do? Uh, talk to my mom. Her word of advice was, Brandon. Whatever you do, just don't be out there having just straight football camps and doing all sports. So she was t- like, she liked me playing sports, but she was like, you more than just a, a, you're not a jock. So just, you know, show who you are. So I was like, okay, let me dive into it. My daughter at, the, at that moment was, what, five years old, kindergarten, going to first grade. So I'm just picking her brain. Like, you know, we up here in the suburbs, you know, different from how I grew up a little bit. I'm like, hey, you know, at your schools, like, what do you see with kids and stuff? And. You know, one of the things she was saying was just like reading, like some kids can't read. I'm like, damn, if we up here in the, you know, in the good, good neighborhood and the kids can't read and stuff, because I can only imagine if I go back home, talk to my mom, boom, and she, hear her stories about her second graders, first graders. And then I, then I started learning about uh, third or fourth grade, either you learning to read or reading to learn. And I was like, oh, that's what he ta- the, the no child left behind. That's what I come into play. So I'm just like, oh. No matter where you go, what neighborhood you're in, it's always going to be a kid or people that are not um, proficient in reading. Mm-hmm. And that's where I said, that's where I can do my work. And when I got to Dallas, my first question was, I think I met with the mayor, Mayor Rollins, and I was asking, you know, how can I help the community? How can I help Dallas? And we bounced around some ideas, and I did a couple of things, but it kind of fell back into childhood literacy. Um for numbers as far as third and fourth grade how many kids are getting left behind and as we move to high school how many of those kids that got left behind are now incarcerated and that's how we build our prison systems and just learn the just the whole entire game i'm like oh this is a cycle like this is that we have stats for this right now to kind of project this child's future the same way they're projecting these five-star athletes we can project if a kid's actually gonna make it you know to 21 or make it to high school or graduate so i'm like wow so i was like, okay if i could do anything this is where i want to put my time my money put my heart my efforts and i uh, got to dallas and I, you know my first stop was home which was to me south going down south dallas and just being around that community and, and helping those people out as much as we could and when i tell you i don't know what i got myself into until i finally started to you know move around and give talk to kids at schools and get speeches like I felt like I felt like how my mom would feel man like I was drained 
when I when I finished my days, but I was satisfied at the same time because I just emptied myself into a soul or classrooms of souls or whatever the case was, right? Just being vulnerable and just being there for kids. The smallest things, smallest gestures went a long way for kids. Mm-hmm. Learning different stories um, of the kids. I was like, wow, like this is this is bigger than I thought. It's bigger than literacy. It's just being a, say a voice, but just being a, a something that, that the kids can touch that look like them from their community, from their background. And it's not even related to like sports. I'm using my sport to motivate, using my sport to get in there and encourage them to become better. So I was like, oh, this is, this is, this is amazing. This, this football game has brought me more than I ever thought of. And so Car Cares is in, we're in Flint, Michigan. That's hometown. So we got a few reading centers there, uh, a few dedicated to my mom. Um, she passed away in 2014 from breast cancer, but she was a, I'm so sorry. She was a trooper. She was strong. She, she battled for a long time. That's how she do it. Um, and then I came to, uh, I'm in Dallas. I was in Dallas when I started the foundation. So of course I'm in Dallas schools, DS, DISD. And when I went to Baltimore, once again, you know, I, I had to ask, you know, cause you hear about Baltimore and you know, the inner city and all that. So I was like, where, where are they at? And we found them. So we partnered with a school, Glenmount uh, Elementary in Baltimore that we've been partnering with for shoot, what, four, four years now. Um, even though I'm not there, you know, I've, I'm committed. So if I do, if I, you know, if we put our, put our anchor down, we're going to stay for a while, as long as we can, at least. Um, so, yeah. So we got it rocking and rolling. And then this, during the COVID, we had to figure out, you know, how can we keep this thing going? Because we couldn't throw any camps. We couldn't do any uh, fundraising galas just around people. So I had to get creative. And we created this uh, a Lit Buddies box, mm-hmm. which is, you know, lit, like, you know, lit like literature and also lit as in fun. Um, but yeah. It has a lot of, a lot of, a lot of educational things and a couple of fun things for, for the kids, right? Stack it with some yo-yos, water bottles, uh, stress balls, uh, Rubik's cubes, things like that. And then we also got, you know, got your notebook where you can journal, got a couple of pencils. You got, uh, and you got like two books of whatever your grade level is for kids to read. Kind of like, you know, growing up, I used to do the scholastics, and to get get my mail every Saturday morning of with my name on it, so I just had kind of you know some ownership of my stuff. So I wanted to create that same type of uh, feeling uh, for the kids, and you we you know we can, we ship some to I think to Australia and other places already. So that's wow, pretty, that's been pretty cool. I mean, you know, I don't know who's out there, but just you know one of the people <laughs> that, that probably knows. But that was pretty cool. Uh, shipping was crazy, but um, just having that opportunity was cool. But then off that, uh, my son and I. We uh got some courage and hopped on Instagram for like a, I think a four to six week. We did like the live reading each and every once a week, or whatever. So that was pretty cool just to see. Uh, I was kind of push trying to push him because he's at the age as well. He's third grade, and you know I get it. It's it's tough. Your boy, he want to do sports, want to do this, want to watch TV. We got iPads and all this, but you know the name of the game, man. That's the foundation. Is is can you read? Are you are you are you literate? Uh, can you count? Can you spell those things when you can't catch a football or dribble a basketball or, you know, that's what matters the most in life. When they take those things from you, can you take care of yourself? So it was just fun to see him evolve and grow up in front of the camera and his vocabulary got better. Uh, He wanted to do it. He looked forward to doing it more than myself. So that was just amazing just to see him from a guy that struggled to read as well. And, and, you know, one of those kids, like, I want to do something else opposed to reading. And now he's picking up books and reading and beating me to the 
to the phone to get the uh to get the IG live set up. So I think that was pretty awesome. But uh, as we move forward, I uh, just want to keep it going. Uh, continue just to bring some some fresh faces around, maybe some athletes and things. But mm-hmm. you know, this is something that's near and dear to me. Uh, we, right now, I have a youth football that we just started, Iron Horse football and Iron Horse basketball. We just started for the for the fall or for the winter. Sorry. So that's going to go hand in hand with we're going to play on the field and off the field. We're going to play as far as service in our community. So I'm trying to create some, I guess, little disciples of, you know, everything that I grew up doing. I'm just trying to recreate that in my new community of Dallas, Texas right now. All right. Yeah, I was just about to ask you about your football team. What like why did you start it up? Uh, I started it because, I mean, for obvious reasons, I mean, I, I love it. I just felt like. I kind of had to get away from because uh, uh, I was kind of against the sports. Like, why you want to do sports? I was like, man, this is what you do, Brandon. You you like sports and you learn a lot of life lessons through sports. So don't run from that. And let's teach these kids the next generation of what sport can do for you. It can teach you how to be committed, a team player, how to have how to sacrifice. You know, what I'm saying like there's a lot of things that sport can do for you. Um, just give you your, your foundation and the pillars for your success. So I was like, man, stay in it. And then another part was my son. Uh, he had started playing flag with four, four years old. But by the time he was six, you know, we had a little a team that was pretty decent. Um, the guy that I do my, my podcast with, David Walker, his son and my son are the same age. And we, we linked up in basketball and that kind of moved towards football. But our team, you know, we got better and better. And we just had an idea, you know, amongst the, the podcast talk. And I just like, man, I want to start my program said so my dad had a team um i want to be the 2.0 and i'll give my son opportunity to be exposed to whatever and, and the, the rest of the kids the same opportunity as well so we said we had a couple teams right but this is our first year actually putting a stamp on it and becoming iron horse football uh, so we had a third grade team we also had a fifth grade team this past year and it was a great season we didn't know what to expect from the, from the third grade, their first year playing, for, or a lot of them first year playing tackle. Um, some started playing in second grade. Um, so we didn't know what to expect, but by our first scrimmage, we kind of had a smirk on our face. We had, you know, as coaches, you got to kind of be quiet and sh- like don't show the kids. But I was like, oh, we're going to be pretty good. And the season turned out amazing. We we're undefeated through the regular season. I think we, we went like 143 to six as far as the scoring. Uh, we got scored on one time. Um, and that was a game that we won seven to six, so that was a dog fight. Um, but then we get to the playoffs, you know, I ain't gonna knock you know, you football, but you know, the playoffs mm-hmm. it was kind of different. We had four touchdowns in our playoff game called back, crazy, right? Four touchdowns get called back, and we end up losing the game six to zero to the same team we had beat earlier. Where we got three or three touchdowns called back, gets the you know, the uh, the team of the league. <laughs> So, <laughs> damn, that's crazy. Yeah, but you know, like my dad said, it's 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 a great learning lesson for the, your babies to do, to learn it now, so they can put that chip on their shoulder that hey, when we go to come back for camp, we start training. Mm-hmm. We gotta at some point we gotta play through adversity. Adversity may be this referee, that referee. I mean, I don't want to say that to the kids, but it is what it is. At some point, you gotta play through those different situations. We don't have the home field advantage. And that's yeah. going to be in life. And you can't quit. You can't complain. You you got to figure it out. So how about you get your mind right now for next year or just when we start training again because it's going to happen again. But we've been there, done that. 
we used to it. We ain't gonna be at 14 finally getting cheated. Like, what happened? We were like, no, nah, we knew last night we went to bed that it was gonna be a dog fight with us versus they fans, the referees, the whole nine, and we got our mind right. We came out here and kicked their butt. So I was like, that's that's learning lesson. We'll be okay. What made you start your own podcast? Um, man, I got pushed. I got so me, I don't really like to say no to too many things. And then if you kind of challenge me, I'll do it. But I think it was it was just time. Um, I was trying to figure out a way to, I guess, download or just, um, you know, just get off. Because everybody always asks me, you know, how did you how did you play so? How did you get to the NFL or how did you make it from D two or how did you how did you start for twelve years straight? This, that, and the third, even to a point where some people ask me to come and speak to their their company, their employees of just attendance and what it takes to, you know, to dedicate every single day. And I'm just like, dang, this, this must be some good stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Interviews, the media always asking, like, what's the secret? So I'm just like, wow, you got the secret. So just like now I just start to get it off a little bit. So I just, that was just my introduction on kind of opening it up and speaking my truth, I guess, or kind of just speaking of the journey and just every, some of the things that I've, um, I've done because a lot of my stuff was intentional. I wasn't uh, at 10 years old at 14. I wasn't just doing things aimlessly. Even at that age, I was always had a, a goal in mind or intentions of doing something or the bigger picture. Right. I was always just mindful and aware of, of that piece. So I just wanted to get it to kind of get it on wax, so to speak. But it ended up turning to me, me talking, right. Talking about my story. And I was like, man, enough of me. And I, I enjoyed this part of it. We got to switch you know, kind of switched gears and we became the interviewers. Like I was, we were calling people on and it was about their story. And you give me your nuggets of what it, how you got to where you were and your success or how you deal with adversity or what you believe in. So that's where it became. I was like, a lot of people that are successful, a lot of people that have got to their, their pinnacles or got to their, you know, to their climax or whatever the case is or, or, or doing their thing in life. We all kind of think think alike we all kind of got the same morals and the same principles and the foundation may have some different backstories and things i was like we all kind of kind of wired the same so i thought it was just pretty good just to hear different backgrounds and be able to um you know just just get a positive out of everybody's story to help someone Mm. and lastly what's next for you what you got up your sleeve i know you got something up your sleeve (laughs) man i am I got a few things up my sleeve, right? And I'm just trying to work diligently and, and methodically about it. And I'm learning to get help. So, you know, I got the, the Iron Horse football, Iron Horse basketball, and we about to enter into our first off season. So I've been I've been brainstorming and, and getting that down on paper and trying to figure out, uh, you know, the next step. Because I'm going to run it just like a – college and pro program as far as off season and then community service and all that good stuff. But my bigger thing in life is I think I'm, I need to figure out what's next. So I, I just officially kind of like retired, I guess. <laughs> Cause I had, to, I had to come to, you know, I had to close that chapter. I was like, that was for the last two years. I'm like, okay, I can, I'm going to stay ready. I'm going to stay ready, but that's kind of draining. And it's not fair to my, to my body. It's not fair to my family at this point in the game, you know, just to, always the unknown. So I was just like, let me close that part of my 
of my book and then enter this new chapter with some clarity and just uh, get some direction. So right now, man, I'm kind of, I don't say, uh, I do know what I want to do, but it's a lot of different things, right? A lot of, some entrepreneurial things as far as companies and businesses. And then, you know, the real estate. I'm trying to learn about this, this crypto NFTs blockchains. That's, that's a new one. Yes. Uh, so I, I want to think about doing some, some things with that with some podcasts and some different stories of my career. Um, but yeah, man, but really other than that, I just, I'm trying to enjoy being still. I'm trying to, uh, work on other things that I probably lacked in outside the lines, right? Playing ball a lot. I just got to get back in the house, <laughs> with my, mm-hmm. you know, got to get, get back on my cooking and, and just being available to my, to my house and kids. Uh, I had a great opportunity to drive my daughter around the country this year playing AU, bas- AAU basketball. So that was exciting just to cheer her on, coach her, get on her nerves, all that good stuff. <laughs> um, but, yeah, for myself, I really like to get, get into coaching. Um, I'm just debating if it's college or high school or pro. Um, but I can see myself coaching for the next 20-something years. And uh, I really like to have this youth program, one of the top – in the DFW, one of the top in Texas and one of the top in the country in the next few years to be able to produce some amazing servant leaders and hopefully some division one and pro prospects that will come back and do the same thing for their communities. Um, and yeah, man, that's it. And I got trying to get my daughter. My daughter got, she's a freshman in high school. So okay, trying to get her out the house soon and get <laughs> where she need to get to. So game is on. <laughs> All right. Well, I just want to thank you so much for joining me, even though I was nervous as hell. I was nervous for like a whole <laughs> two weeks to work with you. No, nah, you good. My bad. Uh, been a little busy and stuff, but I had to make some time. The morning, the morning time is always, it's crazy. That's my, my slow time of the day when everybody gone. Yeah. But once again, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, thank you. I appreciate it. And uh, let me know when this thing dropping so I can put it out there for everybody. Okay. Thank you so much. And this is Calling Plays with Kaylee and we're signing out. We out of here.